Welcome back everyone to the Inside Line F1 podcast for the Saudi Arabian GP preview and this one is just going to be a dramatic one because Saudi Arabia it's this circuit is just so fast and it has this ability to captivate drivers and bring them very close to the barrier that's going to be a major talking point for this weekend but what are the other talking points that we shall find out on this very episode but firstly welcome along everyone My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of the Indian Racing League broadcasts on Star Sports and I'm joined by Sundaram Ramaswamy, F1 stats guru, who also has been featured so many times by Crofty on Sky's F1 broadcasts. And speaking of Formula 1 broadcasts, we have Kunal Shah as always. He orchestrates Viaplay's Formula 1 broadcasts and happened to be the Formula 1 marketing head for the Force India F1 team which are now doing incredibly well. It's Aston Martin, yes, but in sentiment it is still Force India. But Let's get to this weekend because folks in this last couple of days we had the RB7 Kinky Kylie Sundaram Sebastian Vettel's world championship winning car in Mumbai and guess what DC was on the podcast and his insights were just mind blowing especially about dealing with adversity and just how racing drivers actually think Oh yes Kinky Kylie was definitely here and Speedy DC was as well um you were treated to a wonderful Sunday and even saturday because we actually got to speak with dc and and hear his insights about formula 1 about what happens um in the current scenario i mean in the current i mean uh, current season as well and uh, some very good insights on on, on his his ex- experiences in formula 1 and how they deal and battle with certain situations uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff as well that we have in the coming weeks but i'm still buzzing from what we witnessed at the show run yesterday um all those donuts that that we were treated to it's just amazing the feeling was i mean you know you know how i was at, at the event i was constantly smiling as dc was zipping through left and right and yeah it was an amazing evening for all indian fans in attendance and uh, i actually just just recollected that i've actually um, witnessed three different generation of cars with the v6 v8 and v10s and hands down i would still choose the engine note of the v10s any day I I don't blame you at all. The V10s are just something else. But let's talk about Red Bull on this note for a second as well because they orchestrated such a great show in Mumbai. And before that, the last weekend, Kunal, they orchestrated the perfect symphony in Bahrain. That was I think probably one of the most dominant performances we've seen without them even actually going out and trying. I'm just wondering this weekend or rather I'm worried this weekend by how many minutes does Red Bull Racing win in Saudi Arabia? because i think they're just going to run away with it clearly especially in the early part of the the season while everybody is figuring concepts and setup and what's working not working reliability red bull racing and max verstappen are bringing in they're running away with the heavy points right and uh, i missed the show car run in mumbai right but i've heard that it went off extremely well I cannot wait to hear the David Coulthard episode. I know it's out in April when we sort of have been forced to take a break thanks to the Chinese Grand Prix not happening etc cetera, etc cetera, right so I'm I'm looking forward to the April break because we've got some future content that has uh, you know been that, that is in store for all of all of you all right but going back to Red Bull Racing it's going to be their 350th race start in Formula 1 that's how old the team is um and you asked 
how many minutes or seconds will they finish ahead of the competition? I'm going to put the reverse question. You know, there was this rumor that in Bahrain, for the last 10 laps, they were running lower engine modes. How many laps to the end in Saudi Arabia will they run reverse engine modes? Will it be 10 laps out of a 50 lap race? Will it be 20 laps, even 25 laps? Who knows? And at least on the Monday before the race, when we sat to record this, there is a lot of optimism in the air that Bahrain was an outlier. That's something George Russell said five times every minute he spoke, right? Bahrain is an outlier and Bahrain is an outlier. Now, will it actually be an outlier is what we will find out this weekend. Because if it's not an outlier, especially in the Red Bull sense of things, Red Bull will run away. Now, if it is an outlier, then the expectation is that Ferrari maybe even Mercedes, maybe even Aston Martin will be up front and closer to the Red Bull. But at this moment, it just seems like speculation. It just seems like this is something we are supposed to do. Is this something we are supposed to believe? So let's see what the weekend has in store for us. And if I could move away from Red Bull, since we are talking of you know Red Bull and performance, what what will Mercedes and Ferrari keep going through this weekend? And I think a lot of Ferrari and Mercedes talk is going to be clarification of comments. Like on the Mercedes front, it all it took was just one race for Toto Wolff to say, this concept is not working. For Lewis Hamilton to say, they're not listening to me when it came to you know developing the W14. For you know for all the media to have rumors that there is a reshuffle that's going to happen. Mike Elliott is under pressure. James Allison is back. So a lot of these things will get clarified this weekend, right? And all it took was one race for Mercedes to release a letter to the fans saying, "Oh my God, we need you. You know, cheer us to the front." I mean, I've been a Ferrari fan for a while. Uh, I mean, since the Schumacher days. They've never needed to release a letter like that. So, you know, all in all, the Bahrain GP was a disaster. So will the PR statement this weekend look to curb further disasters? That's what I'm also thinking. It's funny you mentioned that, Kunal, because I think they've realized that now that they can't win races, they've got to try and win hearts. And so their PR department has gone into overdrive with that. It, it It's... It's sad but fun, isn't it, Sundaram? That Mercedes are not around. I mean, because for the last seven, eight years, well, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not meant to be funny. I'm not trying to make it funny. But it, it, it it's like the first, first hint of trouble. And they've gone on to release a letter to the fans. I, I, I can't comprehend what will happen after two or three years because it doesn't look like it's a problem that will be solved very quickly. Because at this stage... Max Verstappen could just be like a Saudi prince. You know, you know, you know those videos of Saudi sheikhs leaning out of cars where they're just putting their cars on two wheels and they're leaning out of the windows and doing donuts here or there. Max could do one of those and still end up winning at this stage. So I wonder what will happen when that stuff happens. And then what will Mercedes do then, Sundaram? Will they send us all a personalized letter with our names? Or maybe send us a goodie bag saying, keep the support up, we need you? I wonder... You know, that's the sort of situation that Mercedes currently finds itself in. And I've, I've always I've always pondered this, I've always asked myself this question around Ferrari's dominant era in the 2000s and Red Bulls later on in the 2010s and then Mercedes's. Will this team ever make a mistake or will they ever fall, fall further behind in the pecking order? And eventually it does. There's always a time when these teams don't actually 
uh, I mean, I would say they don't actually ace the technical regulations. And there's always a time when they have to find themselves in the midfield and fight their way forward. And unfortunately, the backs are up against the wall and they need, like you mentioned, they need their, their audience, their fans to, to support them as much as possible. And like Kunal mentioned, it's just one race into it. So clearly everything is, or they're, they're clearly panicking and they really have to get their car in order. They have to get the car's concept in order. And like Craig mentioned during our previous podcast, it is not all about the side pods. It's not just the side pods. Even if they actually go and change the side pod concept, that still won't answer all the issues that they currently have. They're looking for a fan boost, aren't they, Kunal? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other thing Mercedes will also be looking out to do while there is PR that Wolf and Hamilton and Russells of the world will do There's something the engineers will do, right? Because what the engineers will do is they don't react to PR statements. They react to what the car actually needs, what the simulation says. And that's another correlation that that also happens, which we don't get to sort of see, right? But that's enough of Mercedes. I think let's get to what are the comments that Ferrari is going to need to clarify. Because again, just one race into the season, and there's been this thing of Charles Leclerc has had a meeting with John Elkin. Ferrari is going through a restructure Lots of Ferrari engineers are applying to rival teams for jobs because everybody's going to sort of find that, you know, maybe they're going to make the cart, not make the cart. So I expect Leclerc and Vasseur to sort of need to clarify these restructuring statements because Laura Mekis and several other big names are doing their rounds, right? But of course, the big question is going to be that while you look out for what the restructure is going to be, Will Leclerc's first possible grid drop come at the second race of the season itself? And very funnily, when Leclerc had his retirement last uh, race in in Bahrain, his uh, his uh, dashboard, you know, and I love these modern day Formula One cars. You can read the dashboards. You can zoom in and read what comes up. His dashboard said pit to refuel, or was it pit pit to refill? I think right. So very interesting. Again, a lot of comments will sort of be going towards that clarification. And then Carlos Sainz, he said he was bouncing there. So what was that that about? So, you know, I expect these uh, setup-related changes, which is what Vasur said, that we actually lost out because of setup. I expect these changes, I expect these comments to be clarified as the, the, the weekend progresses. About the Ferrari engineers, have they only just realized that they should leave? I think they're a bit late, no, Sundaram? Should, should we tell them that maybe the ship has sailed and the time has gone past? <laughs> because after the pace on the first race, it's a little scary, actually. Because whenever, in every Formula 1 circle that you have this chat with, with every fan that you speak to, with every article from every journalist who's been on the ground that you have a word with, it's, it's just confusing about what's missing in Ferrari's long-run pace. And when you add Charles Leclerc's problems with the penalties as well and then that the matter has been escalated to John Elkin things are just going horribly wrong and now I'm wondering there is a gap a space that needs to be filled a void that can be converted from just a one night stand into a proper championship fight as the Martin are around this is the first time we properly get to verify it and it's funny isn't it where I think we'll treat every round as a verification round because we just can't believe that this is happening yeah, so although it's the second race of the season, this, the questions are still valid as if, uh, if the pecking on what the pecking order still is. We we know that Aston Martin has has pace. We saw that in Bahrain, but they're still going to ask that question in this weekend as well because you don't know what Ferrari and and Mercedes are up to. 
I would be very disappointed if we don't see Ferrari and Mercedes actually fight fighting with Red Bull for for podiums and wins. Uh, and that actually, like you mentioned, is is a good void for Aston Martin to fill. But the one main question that I'm actually going to ask for Aston Martin is: Will they finally score points in Saudi Arabia? Because they've not done that in the last two years, in in 2021 and in 2022, eight teams have scored in Saudi Arabia. One of which is actually Williams, and the other is Aston Martin. Also, their drivers Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll have not scored. So it's basically they're going to start from scratch in Saudi. That is so interesting, right? Just that stat is why we love F1 stats guru. Uh, coming to Aston Martin, whether or not they sort of are in the fight or not, right? Uh, the 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 main question again, another rumor that we will see clarified is, and I don't know who's leaked the rumor because it seems like the wildest of rumor, right? But the fact is. Mercedes will be told, Mercedes as in the group Mercedes that owns Mercedes-Benz uh, and and sort of is in, an investor in the Mercedes Works team, has been has said that if Mercedes Works Formula One team, basically the team that Hamilton and Russell drive for, is not able to challenge Red Bull Racing, then they should turn their energies towards the green Red Bull, which is 20% owned by uh, Mercedes as well, Aston Martin, right? And this... I, I just feel it's a very weird rumor, whoever came up with it, but there will be some clarifications towards this rumor as well that uh, will the works Mercedes team actually prioritize a customer team in taking the battle to a Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen? I don't think this is, uh, you know, even worth pursuing as a question. It's a silly one, but, you know, media has its own way of creating stories, and that's what we are in. Like I said, Aston Martin, the global brand, uh, the car brand, 20% is owned by by Mercedes, right? Although the car almost 100% looks like a Red Bull racing car, right? It is still 20% owned by a Mercedes, right? But literally, coming into this weekend, of course, there's Max Verstappen and everybody else. But I'm pretty sure, given the performance that we've seen uh, and the performance upswing we've seen, seen with Aston Martin, right? Uh, it's Fernando Alonso that we all are waiting to see what he does. He's like that anti-hero who's now the hero. Can he take the battle? How much of the battle can he take? What if he has a clean race? Is he the saver that you know Formula One needs when Red Bull is dominating? And can you imagine if we actually didn't have an Alonso in 2023 doing what he's sort of done only in one race, right? Because everybody's saying Fettel is probably sitting by the sidelines wondering, oh my God, did I just give up on a car which was gold? But the truth is you need an Alonso to literally, you know, uh, take the car by its neck and squeeze every second of it or every millisecond of it as we've seen him doing. And I've got a stat. It's It could be Fernando Alonso's 100th podium in formula one this weekend and the first time since 2013 that he has back-to-back podiums at a grand prix so lots to cheer for this this weekend it'll be nice to see him getting his 100th uh, podium in a night race because if i'm not wrong his 50th podium was also in in a night race in singapore 2008 controversial but still uh, a night race uh, the first night race in formula hmm. one <laughs> Um, but that, that, that's a very interesting point that you made, Kunal. And I'm actually starting to wonder right now, with Ferrari undergoing so much in terms of organization and, and team structure as well, Mercedes not having a quick enough car, and probably Red Bull suffering the impacts of having lesser time in the wind tunnel, 
could Aston Martin Aston Martin actually challenge for the title somewhere in second half of the season? Well, if you're to believe Red Bull Racing, they say no because apparently according to them, what they've lost in wind tunnel time, they've gained in momentum and motivation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, really, Kunal, does that, can that ever happen? Just to what, to what extent does just motivation because it's the most subjective thing in the world, right? Motivation can change in a second. There are scientific theories that prove that motivation can literally change with uh, small basic things like chocolates or, uh, like, or, or if you're, if you're uh, Eric Boulier at McLaren, Freddo's as well, <laughs> if you remember that old little rumor as well. So what extent does it really matter and uh, how big of a boost will having Lance Stroll be back for the team as well, for, for Aston Martin's motivation? I mean, having the, the owner's son around can always work both ways, right? You don't know what he's looking, what he's watching, etc. But all in all, I mean, a great recovery for Stroll to have done what he's done, especially after what was revealed of his injuries and, uh, you know, leading up to uh, leading up to the preseason test and leading up to the opening round in Bahrain. So fantastic stuff for him. But, uh, you know, very interestingly, you both have done something that Formula One wants us to do which is to forget the fact that last year there was a missile attack on the Friday, right? Now, I'm making sure that Formula One almost never forgets that there was a missile attack and we still had a race. I'm making sure you and you guys and everybody listening never forgets that. So, you know, here's something. Formula One made almost a half a billion dollars worth of profit last year. Have they bought anti-missile systems or will they be bringing anti-missile systems to Bahrain just to safeguard the circuit and the sport and the race while it happens? I mean, yes, Bahrain is, sorry, uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, the world's fastest street circuit as they are marketing it. But I think we should also, as, as fans, market if it's the world's most dangerous street circuit. I mean, uh, you know, pun intended in every way uh, there is there are these changes that the the organizers have done where they've moved the walls to increase visibility i'm going to make a joke on that have they moved the walls to increase visibility in case somebody sees that a missile is coming towards the track or near it or something of course very very poor joke depending on how you see it but it probably sounds funnier when i when you do it with me in person and you know, very interestingly we spoke of media will the media accredited media be actually allowed to ask the drivers if they feel safe in Jeddah. Because imagine this, there was a you know, missile attack 10 kilometers or whatever from the circuit. Drivers were forced to race last year. Based on contracts, they've been forced to come this year as well, right? Uh, <laughs> political statements are banned by the FIA, or at least you got to take their permission and so on. So interesting to see how that whole dynamic would go this weekend i mean we'll still have the black w14 we'll still have the rainbow on lewis hamilton's helmet and this is this is the race where i'll probably miss sebastian fettel the most given that you know he could come and make so many more statements about humanity in general yeah i agree i i absolutely do but i think when you ask the question about saudi arabia being a dangerous jeddah being a dangerous circuit about missile strikes and all that I think the driver who really found it to be very dangerous has unfortunately been taken away. So Mick Schumacher is no longer there. He's, I think, 
had the biggest bill so far from the jera circuit so far it's not been the construction cost it's been its destruction cost unfortunately but it's uh, the point is not mick the point is sundaram that this circuit in qualifying is brilliant because it is fast it is flowing i think i remember 2021 watching the cars at that circuit in qualifying it was just like watching trams go on rails but the speed was accelerated by 300 times something quite like that because it's the best qualifying session of the year for that very reason formula 1 cars at their limits the way they dive into corners the way they slingshot past that final chicane before we get to the long d unintentional yes and uh, it it's just beautiful that whole circuit and i'm just wondering who's going to be the next to get a big royal saudi hug from the barriers because mick schumacher has had a couple of really big ones Max Verstappen had a brilliant lap that ended in just that small crash. And by the way, when we were at the Red Bull showroom in Mumbai, people were still talking about it two years on. Qualifying here is just going to be amazing. Oh yeah, if we keep keep aside all all the politics of, of the country, the track genuinely is is a beautiful one. It's super fast, the second quickest circuit of all time, uh, the quickest straight circuit, and. there's just so much that's happening through through a lap just swift direction changes and it actually tests the driver's you know mental focus and and agility as well and i would like to actually quote julian palmer here who's who's come up with a great way of actually navigating street circuits he says that you have to be alert on a street circuit ah it's a good that you told me i i actually was planning not to the next time i went there so i'll i'll keep that in mind yeah that that that's great insights for all the 20 drivers that we have this weekend but i'm actually going to make a very bold prediction now that we don't have nicholas latifi and we don't have mick schumacher as well it, it's kind of difficult to choose actually who's going to be the first driver in the barriers i hope they don't do that but the fact is this track is so tricky and also dangerous we have actually we've actually seen a lot of retirements in the last two races in 2021 i think only 14 drivers managed to cross the finish line and in 2022 it was even less it was actually 20 it was 13 drivers so it's also a race of attrition um, many times due to collisions accidents and and few times also due to mechanical issues but i am actually going to make a bold call and say that one of the top 3 teams some of someone from the top 3 teams or top 4 teams now is actually going to uh, smash into the barriers ooh What if it's during qualifying? That'll make things even trickier. For, for some strange reason, the... for some strange reason, I don't know why I keep going back to Carlos Sainz for this. I don't know why. Ah, uh, he had a tricky qualifying in twenty one as well. I remember he's just not able to find the grip at all. It's it's a tough, tough circuit. This one, and that makes me worried about the rookies going to be vicariously because uh, for someone, okay, not Nick Devries because he's done a little bit of uh, street racing before, but Oscar Piastri, right? Not at this speed. Actually, same for Nick Devries as well. He's not done at this speed ever. So, as Mick Schumacher has proven in 2021, it is a tough track for rookies to come to, and it just helps that McLaren had a bad race in Bahrain, so that the spotlight gets taken away. But the challenge will be amazing, and also the psychology of the DRS racing. Because remember, last year, Verstappen and Leclerc had to do the after you, sir, kind of thing as well, because you don't want to be the first person up ahead. That just makes racing here. brilliant yeah and you know i've heard a lot of critics about these drs battles but the truth is it's a tool available for you to take to battle now it depends how we want to use that tool so you just you know make sure that you use it in a way it comes to your advantage talking of the rookies uh i have a feeling logan sargent could be on his way to scoring his first points this weekend first point is of course because you know that it's a race of attrition second is it's a low drag circuit we've seen that williams actually does well there 
uh, could it be his first points there? But talking of Piastri, talking of McLaren, I think, and not so much of Piastri, but McLaren, I think they will continue to struggle, right? Uh, at the media sessions this weekend, I'm expecting to hear more of Esteban Ocon and the crazy race full of penalties that he had in uh, Bahrain. I don't expect him to have so many sort of penalties, at least this weekend as well. But one thing that's definitely happening this weekend is that Charles Leclerc will score his first points of the 2023 Formula 1 season at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Hey, why? Are you sure though? Is that a question? Question? <laughs> <laughs> and Nico Hulkenberg will be ahead of Kevin Magnussen. I think the charge that he had in the Bahrain Grand Prix, in qualifying, was pretty fantastic. And he, since momentum and motivation is what we've been talking of as uh, as in the last few minutes, can he sort of drive that forward? I certainly hope so. Haas have been just confusing in this first race. But I'm intrigued to see all that happens. And now that we're on that rhythm of bold predictions, I, I think I'll also head out and say that I... Uh, like 2022, I, I, I just... Is my hopes and expectations being conflicted with my predictions here? I think it is. I want to make a bold prediction that Sergio Perez will get pole position in qualifying. But there is literally nothing that proves that it could potentially happen, at least in terms of concrete evidence. But let's let's hope so. Let's absolutely hope so. Because Sergio said that it was the start that compromised him in Bahrain. We'll find out if it's true, Sundaram. Oh, Sergio Perez could actually put the car on pole if... Max Verstappen actually actually keeps it straight and on the track at the very last corner uh, during qualifying. <laughs> oh, that's a heavy one, man. And le- let's it. remember, Perez has pole here, but yes. Max doesn't. So that's another thing to keep in mind. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He doesn't. Yeah. But it's, it's outrageous to see how things are playing out that way. But again, uh, deep down, we might all know that it might be a Max Verstappen win at the end. But let's just hope that Fernando Alonso comes in and saves the show for all of us. But yeah, what are your bold predictions, folks? We, we'd love to hear from you on our social media channels and just reach out to us on at the rate Inside Line F1 Pod or at F1 Stats Guru or Kunal's handles or my handles as well. We can check out in the description. But thank you so much for listening to us. We'll be back with the race review on Monday and a lot of fun episodes, including the one with David Coulthard, and a special one with Driven International in April as well. So, stay tuned. Enjoy the weekend and we shall see you soon. Bye-bye.